that, that uh, last stanza lost us. Or oh, I lost it. Excuse me, you turn on the, the slides. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, please turn to the Gospel according to Luke. Ruka, chapter 21. Luke, chapter 21, verse uh, 34 to 36. Luke, chapter 21. Luke, chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. Jetalana then I'll, I'll read in English so that we may see what the word of God has to say. Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 34 to 36. Hear the word of God as it comes to you. Chenjerai kutimoyo yenyu irege kuremezwa. Nokujikisa, nokupatwa, nokufunganya. Pamsoro pezvinu, zhoupe nyuguno. Kutizua iro rirege kukuwirai seriva. Nokuti richawira vose vagere panyika yose. Asiri ndai, nenguwa zose, mukumbire kutimu, uh, mukone, kupuku nyuka pa jinu ijo. Jose jino itwa, mukomira pamberi, pomwana komana, uo munu. In English. But watch yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole world. But stay awake at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. My simple title for today is called Stay Awake. Garawagamuka. Well, it may even apply to some of us here today. <laughs> In this heat. <laughs> stay awake, but open and stay awake in the spiritual realm. Stay awake. And, and and really what what I had in mind when I thought about when I thought of going to a text such as this one was that we need a reminder. We constantly need these reminders that the Lord Jesus Christ will return. And when he returns, will he find faith? An introduction to the Gospel of Luke will show you that Luke himself is the one who wrote this uh, account. Although Luke 
is said to not have been a witness of the workings of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he got his information from other gospel writers. As you know, Luke was a physician or a doctor, and he also wrote the, the, the book of Acts. And in and this book he wrote to Theophilus. If you if you go to chapter one of Luke, uh, the gospel according to Luke, he says a dedication to Theophilus, chapter one, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished amongst among us, just as though those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And so this was directed to Theophilus. And Theophilus was being taught or told or narrated to the events of the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry. And Luke, if you read the gospel according to Luke, Luke is concerned for the dejected, the outcasts of community, the ones that are not really uh, held in the highest of esteems. And he is more concerned when he's writing about the Lord Jesus Christ for the, for the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is Jesus Christ the Son of God. Now, when you see the context in which our text is written, you will see that the Lord Jesus Christ is almost heading or almost on the brink of the crucifixion. He's on his way to be crucified. And the Lord Jesus Christ is, is giving his last marching orders, as it were, to his disciples. These are some of the last words that he says to his disciples. And these are some of the words that I would love to exhort us with today, this morning. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ who is urging, who is pleading, who is calling his, his children, his people, his disciples, to watch themselves, to stay awake. Now, I want us to note three things of, of the reason why we should stay awake. Is that the first thing which is found in verse 34 is that there are present distractions. Present distractions. The second point is that there is pending destruction. So the first is present distractions. You are distracted. And then there's pending destruction. That's why we must stay awake. And the last point is we must stay awake because we will be pres uh, preserved on the last day. Preservation on the last day. Very well then, let us start on the present distractions. Verse 34. 
But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ lists three things that can be distractions. For Christians, because he's addressing his disciples here. He's saying, listen, my friends, there are three things that can distract you. So you must stay awake. For example, he says, lest, he says, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the cares of this world. Well, what, 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 what is the Lord Jesus Christ having in mind? When we look at the word dissipation, a look, a look at it, it talks about overindulgence, a, 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 concentrating, a concentrated giving yourself over to the things of this world, primarily sensuality or sexual immorality, or drunkenness, or even the squandering of money, licentious living, someone who's just living a life of overindulgence. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying to his disciples, be careful because you are not exempt from this snare. For example, you can find Christians who can be given over to overindulgence in whatever. We may even be in that situation where we, we ourselves have been given over to overindulgence. It could be overindulgence in our own phone, overindulgence in our own spouse, overindulgence in uh, maybe our jobs, etc., etc., the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, watch yourself. Be careful. Be aware. Be awake. That word where he says, but watch yourself, is got a picture of a watchman standing high above the castle and looking over for enemies who are coming to assail the people, the inhabitants. So uh, the, the Christian should be a watchman. The, the Christian should be like a God. You should be like someone who's watching over somebody's property, but really you're watching over yourselves and other believers. You're saying, friends, we must be able to warn each other. To say, don't overindulge in dissipation. Look, look what he says in verse 34. But watch yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down lest your hearts so the lord jesus christ is concerned about your soul he's saying these things can weigh down your soul to the point that you become given over to them a sort of drunkenness and just enjoy the world you are in limbo and you say, no, I need to in years to come. 
The Lord Jesus Christ say, once that happens, you are in danger. Once that happens, you are in danger. So why am I preaching this to us today? The reason why I'm preaching this to us is because we can be weighed down by these things, the dissipation and the drunkenness and even the cares of this life. I'll go on to what the cares of this life mean. But really, our hearts and our souls can become weighed down to the point that we forget what our mandate and our mission is as Christians. We can forget, we, we can get caught up in the glamour of the world, the glitz of the world, the motivation to make money, the motivation to be famous, the motivation to be, uh, you know, what in the world, uh, to be successful. Because the world has got its own definition of success. So if, in the world, if you've got a huge house, if you've got a huge, if you've got cars, if you've got a swimming pool, if, you, if you're living in Borodale or whatever, that's when people say, oh, that person is successful. And yet we know that the word of God defines ultimate success as someone who is in Christ. Someone who is living a fulfilling life. Now, you also see that he talks about drunkenness. He talks about kumadoro, kugara urichidakwa, kwetu kumadoro, but kugara urichidakwa, given over to drunkenness, intoxication. In the ancient world, people found ways to get themselves drunk. It's either by fermenting grapes or whatever they were drinking. And likewise, even in this day and age, we have added an element, alcohol, into the drink. And so, mankind will always find a way to, to try to live in a state of intoxication. Whether it's drugs, you know, weed, everyone is trying to be intoxicated. And so, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, watch out for this. You are not exempt. You can fall into this, and once you fall, you're in trouble. Be on guard. Be a watchman. And then he talks about the cares of this life. Now, when he talks about the cares of this life, he is talking about preoccupation with the worrying, worrying about this life, worrying about food and clothing. If you remember correctly, in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ teaches on, on worry. Let me turn there quickly. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25, verse 25. I'll just read verse 25 to 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. 
They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? So these are, these are the present distractions that the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about. To say Christians can be weighed down. Uh, uh, so, uh, the, the word weighed down has the idea of someone who is burdened. Who is, who, who, who is carrying a heavy load and that load is bringing them down. And therefore then they are failing to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. They are failing to realize Christian growth. They are failing to realize and, and experience fruitfulness in their lives. You meet so many of these Christians say, Ah, pastor, you know what? I'm really passionate about God. I used to be passionate about God. I used to go to church. But you know, ah, maybe they're distracted. Maybe they've got present distractions. Maybe they've got present issues weighing, weighing them down, including drunkenness. Including dissipation, giving yourselves to sensuality. Sin, sin, let, let's not make a mistake about it. Sin makes us fruitless in ministry. She which no it could say kushanda sin flattens our fruitfulness. We become flat. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, be on watch. You are, you are to be like soldiers. You are, like, you are to be like colonels. Ready for war. You see these countries, these United Nations, not Zimbabwe, the moment uh, Mozambique had insurgents, our president wrote, yeah, we are, we are ready to send the troops. They are alert. They are alert about protecting themselves, protecting their families, protecting the country as it were. And yet Christians must equally have the same attitude when guarding their lives. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is, is basically saying, watch your life. This is, you, you, he speaks about the whole entirety of your life. Whether it's eating, overeating, over drinking, or he's just talking about overindulgence. He's saying if you are preoccupied by overindulging, this will lull you to sleep and you will not be fruitful and be watchful. And so friends, it is so easy for us to be loud to sleep. To be loud to sleep by the cares of this world. To be loud to sleep by overindulging. Entertainment. I am not against entertainment. I, 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 I love sometimes to enjoy sports. Sometimes to watch something, a documentary, a movie, whatever. But what the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about here is over indulgence, over preoccupation. He says that 
will definitely flatten you. What are the distractions? What distractions do you have in your life that are hindering you from serving God? What, in fact, what distractions do you have in your life that are hindering you from being fruitful and doing mighty works for God in His kingdom? What distractions are there? What things are weighing you down? Is it the cares of this life? Is it uh, dissipation? Loving the world? Loving, uh, indulging? Is it drunkenness? Now friends, this warning is, is double-edged. It goes to believers and non-believers. Believers should be awake and watch themselves. Non-believers should also take heed. Because as we will see in the second point, there is pending judgment coming. There is something that is coming which is devastating. There is something that is coming which will cause them to gnash their teeth. We are to watch over the entirety of our lives. The devil is pulling. The flesh is pulling. The world is pulling. The Lord Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, in the first century, issued this warning. And this warning is still clear, still relevant. And still true, especially today. Where the preoccupation of advancement, indulgence, I've got fleshy cars. Like what we saw the other day in the news, where the socialite perished with his friends in a Rolls Royce. And the whole world was saying, oh, ginimbi, ginimbi, all that stuff. Some were saying, oh, he's in heaven. Some were saying, but if you look at his life, if you look at what he did, what he was known for, you'll see a pattern of overindulgence. Dissipation. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is not the first time he teaches this theme of being ready, of being watchful. You read in Luke chapter 12 verse 40, he says, you, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. What is in your life? That is destruct, destructing you. What needs to be put away? Only you can answer that. What needs to be done away with? In order for you to be fruitful. And for, for, for God, for the Lord Jesus Christ to find you ready. Because this is just about staying awake. 
He's saying, be careful lest you be lulled to sleep and you just are given to things that are not for, for, for your benefit as a Christian. And many Christians need to hear this message today. Because we've got churches which are filled with people who are asleep. We've got churches who are filled with people who say we are Christians, we are this, we are this, and yet they are not. They are on their way to hell. Oh, friends, what a warning. Even as I was preparing this, I was shuddering. I was saying to myself, Lord, help me. Help me. Because I may be given to this. Second point, you see, there is pending destruction. Stay awake because there is pending destruction. Verse 35. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. So you see, what, when he says, for it will come upon all who dwell on the earth, He's talking about the end there where he says, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. This is a picture of maybe an unaware animal in a national park, maybe grazing away at the grass. And a predator is sneaking up and rushes to the animal and traps it and catches it. That is, the, that is the picture that we're seeing here. We, um, a, a sleeping Christian or a Christian who has been lulled to sleep by the world is like an animal in the savannah, isolated. An antelope which is isolated and there are lions coming to attack it. That day will catch you. You'll be caught unawares. There are so many people, when you talk about destruction, they don't even move their eyebrows. They are, they are unmoved. And yet, they only, the sad thing is that they only find out the truth when they die. They only, they only, some people will only find out the truth on judgment day. To say, when they stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and he's saying, what did you do with the life I gave you? And then you look at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, ah, but, you know, uh, I was given to, to this life. And the Lord Jesus Christ, what did you do? When the gospel was preached, did you respond? When that man came with a tract or even a paper to say, listen, repent and believe. Turn again for this pending judgment. Contrary to popular belief, the Lord Jesus Christ preaches about hell more than any other topic. So many people are like, oh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is loving. He's, he's gracious. That's true. Those are all his attributes. But he also is judge and he will judge the world. And we must be aware. And if, when we talk about this judgment, it awakens us. You know? 
When we think about pending judgment, we are awakened. Somebody once said, the wages of sin is death. And it, it, will only, it would have only been so scary if those wages were paid there and there. You know, when we say the wages of sin is death, we're like, ah, okay, yeah. I understand, it's okay, let me just continue. But, if the wages were paid there and there, wouldn't this be a different world? Wouldn't you shudder, even at sin, say, ah, hey, there's, there's, there's pending judgment right here, right now. I've been struck. Just like Ananias and Sapphira, they lied about what they sold and kept some of the proceeds to themselves. And, and the apostle was asking them, what did you do with the proceeds? They said, no, I, we, you know, we sold the thing. And they were struck. One by one. <laughs> and, and, and like that, just how our brother prayed. He said, God is long-suffering. He's enduring. He's patient. But do not be mistaken, friend. His anger is bubbling against those who do not know him. His anger is, is boiling. Which is why when we are alive like this, we are saying to people, no, guys, repent. Repent. This Bible is true. This word is true. Judgment is there. Do not be indifferent about life. Do not be indifferent. Do not be indifferent. There's, there's judgment coming. There's pending judgment. How many people in these pulpits are being taught about the judgment that is to come? How many? Oh, they be told, oh, yeah, take a motor. First in a motor. First for a car. First for a wife. <laughs> Eh? The cares of this world, they are, they, are, they are stuck in dissipation and sensuality. That is their idol. And not think about pending judgment. And friends, here's something amazing. We will never get this time that we have here today again. This is the last of its kind. Next week, if the Lord gives us a chance, it will be something different. This is the last time we'll be gathered like this. In this very moment, the exact same manner. This, this text being preached like this. The weather like this. The fan blowing like this. Everything like this. This is the last time. And sadly, most people never, ever take that into consideration. It's only when there's a funeral, you think a bit, ah, okay, yeah, hey, funerals are bad, my, my, you know, I, I'm scared, and, and that fear is gone after a while. Only to be reignited after a funeral, after another funeral. May we not wait for funerals to fear God, friends. May we be stuck in his word. And be asking ourselves, what can I do to please the Lord with my life? Is what I'm doing pleasing the Lord? Of course, we'll never reach perfection. We're not perfect. 
will fall, will stumble. But what matters is our attitude towards sin. Our attitude when we fall and stumble. Our attitude when our brother comes and says, Listen, Joe, I think you are overdoing it. You are, oh, you are watching too much television. Why don't you spend your time doing some other things which are more important? Why don't you spend more time with your wife? Why don't you spend more time handing out tracts, evangelizing? I think you're overdoing this. I'm being as gracious as possible. Sadly, we live in a world where everyone is offended. You try to speak into their lives and say, ah, I'm offended. <laughs> you have offended me. Huh? You tell someone, no, please, repent from lesbianism. Ah, I'm offended. You're a bigot. You're not progressive. You're backwards. You should be in the first century. Well, gays go back all the way to Genesis. <laughs> not only the first century. Genesis. And the Bible is still true. still speaks against that. And, and, and look what it says in verse 35. I want you to see the universe, uh, the, the, uh, just how universal it is. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. The coming of the day of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. Luke chapter 17 verse 26. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Oh, friends. When people will be screaming, may the mountains fall on us. I wish I had repented when I had time. We shouldn't wait for that. Today is the day of salvation. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, repent and believe in him for salvation. Turn from your sins and turn to him. Turn to him. Why should you wait? Why should you linger? Like Lot. The Bible said he lingered. When he was told about the present destruction, he lingered. <laughs> he, he paints a picture of just, uh, okay, when someone says, okay, there's, a, there's danger, I'm like, don't go. You continue moving one, one place. Should I do this? Undecided. You're not, you're not decided. So th that's how some Christians are. They've got one hand in the world, one hand in the church. They are undecided what is the truth and what is not. They are wishy-washy about their beliefs. 
What do you believe about the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, 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 uh, yeah, he was a good man. The Bible says he's Lord and King. He's God. That's what the Bible says. What, what do you believe about hell? Um, yeah, hell is an imaginary place. The Bible says hell exists. What you believe about homosexuality? Uh, no, homosexuality is, you know, you guys are too backwards. You need to progress in life. You know, this is not the, this is not the first century. But the Bible says you must marry someone of the opposite sex. It doesn't say marry someone who is you know the same sex as you God created Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve <laughs> not Adam and Steve Adam and Eve pending judgments the whole world will see this the whole world each and everyone whether those who were burnt and cremated those who were buried those whose ashes were scattered in seas friends the bible says the dead will be awakened how god will do it he's god and so each and everyone Vaitenda kumizimu, vachamuka wona Jesu. Each and everyone will see the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Luke is saying. This is what the Bible is saying. Each and everyone will acknowledge and salute and say, Jeshua, Aho. But for some, it will be too late. Because when he does that, Destruction, destruction will come upon the face of the earth. Pending destruction. Just like, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about this? When Noah was warning people to go into the ark, how many people actually took time to think about, okay, so what, what is this guy saying? What about the warnings of Sodom and Gomorrah? There's a reason why our brother Lot lingered. He's like, ah, okay. So the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, stay awake because there's pending destruction. So there's present destructions, there's pending destruction. I haven't even gone through all my notes. There are so many things to touch upon. I don't know how many minutes I've gone. Let me see. Thirty-nine. Ah, we've got time. <laughs> we've got time. We've got time. Destruction must ring a loud bell. We must always have that in mind. It's something that we should meditate upon, actually. 
you know? Do we meditate about death, upon destruction? I think about my death quite a lot. Especially with what's happening in 2020, I'm just like, God, when are you, t I'm ready. <laughs> Seems as if you are not uh, holding back. It seems as if you're, you, you, you're not showing any favoritism. Even the most famous, the most beautiful slay queens, they're going. <laughs> hmm? I'm just like, oh God, you know? Ndagato <laughs> Mira. It's like one of those cartoons, like, you know, I don't know if you guys, uh, where, you know, maybe someone is standing in the desert and just waiting to be zapped by something <laughs> zapped by something that, that, that's actually the picture that i'm that i'm thinking of these days to say man matthew chapter 7 verse 13 to 14 enter by the narrow gates for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. So hordes, picture hordes and hordes of people heading for destruction. Many are on it. Where are you, my friend? Where are you? Are you on the path to destruction? Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in, the sh in their shame with the minds, certain earthly things. We're still on the, on the pending destruction. The Bible has a lot to say about destruction. Clouds, uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 97, verse 2 to 7. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries. This is destruction. All around, his lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before God, before the Lord, before the Lord of the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Death and the loss of life should be a stern reminder that destruction is on its way. In fact, it should be a hint that destruction actually exists. When you even think about these earthquakes and tsunamis and these natural disasters, you, you've got a picture that destruction exists everything that we that we see will be destroyed but not only that this mighty destruction which will be brought about by god will be even more grand and guess what it is for all to see every knee shall bow some will bow in worship. Some will bow in shame. 
Every tongue shall confess. Every knee shall bow. They'll say, that is the one who we have been told about. This is what Brother Ndo was telling me when I was alive. Or when we're, when we're living. This is exactly what he was saying to me. Exactly as it is. But now it has come. I have no way to run. I have no way to hide. The mountain even doesn't want to fall on me. Huh? <laughs> Grace. <laughs> the mountain doesn't want to fall on me. The lion, you, you, you may even run to a lion and won't eat you. <laughs> and the last point is we must stay awake so that we may be preserved on the last day. Preservation on the last day. Preservation. Verse 36. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Preservation. Preservation. Jesus is saying, pray, stay awake at all times, praying. You remember in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 26. The same Lord Jesus Christ who, who was in the Garden of Gethsemane, telling his disciples to stay awake and they were just dozing. They're just sleeping. Is the same one who's telling his disciples again, according to Luke, that they must stay awake and pray. Watch and pray. Listen to this. The word of God reads uh, from verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. Yeah, Matthew chapter 26 verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Be alert. Be on guard. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to, to the disciples and found them sleeping. They were not watching. They were dozing. They were sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not watch with me one hour? <laughs> the question that the Lord Jesus Christ asked is very sobering. Because I can, even, I can even hear that question being asked to me when I fall into sin or when I do something that I'm not supposed to do. You could not watch one hour? You could not pray one hour? You could not be devoted to God one hour. You could not concentrate one hour. Watch and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. This is the same language that is being used. Friends, how do you avoid temptation? Watch and pray to sin. These are verbs. They are doing words. You're not a sitting duck. It's action. It's theology on boots. Tie your shoelaces and move. That's what it's saying. Watch and pray that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that our flesh is weak. Listen to verse 42. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping. Oh, our God is long-suffering. <laughs> huh? Long-suffering. We've got a glorious God, friends. An advocate in the Lord Jesus Christ. A high priest who is interceding for us. You, you're like, no, those are, my, those are mine. You gave them to me. No, no. And this also denotes that there is no sin that you, you cannot be saved from. The vilest offenders can be saved. Can be saved. Even though they are droopy and the eyes are heavy. Friends, all of us fall into this category of droopiness. We must be awake. We must not live like those who sleep. And slumber. Especially where it comes to the things of God. Even if it is wearing to the body. Let your body waste away. You need to put in the work for the gospel. Even if it means that you are starving yourself. Of things that you would normally give yourself. Let it be. For the sake of the gospel. If it's beneficial for your soul, let it be. Back to our text. As I round up. So what does this mean to us today? Friends, we must keep awake. We must be steady. The day of redemption is drawing near. The day of redemption is ever so near. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ is ever so near. We must live this within our, with this in our minds and hearts. We must know that God, the, when, when the, tra the trumpet shall sound, and the Lord Jesus Christ will return. If he doesn't return when you are alive, we know that there is a day appointed 
for you to depart. And there will not be any second added or any second or millisecond subtracted. It's there. There's a day on which your name is written on it to say Joshua Go R.I.P. The tombstone is already there according to God. It's already there. So we must live like those who are awake. If we are not awake, let's, let us run to the Lord, friends. Only Jesus can help us. Cry out to him, God, what do I need to do in my devotions? What, what, should I sleep earlier so that I don't fall asleep when I pray? Should I put my phone away? Should I uh, drop my friends? The type of friends I have are, are not growing me in the Lord. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. We must run to Christ. And if we don't know Him, we must run to Him for salvation. And say, Lord, all this time I thought I knew you, but I don't. Save me from sin. Save me from sin. Amen.